Hi, I'm Big Nakuma. <laughs> Why are you laughing? N- uh, nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. I want to know why you're laughing. Well, because we just did a take where we reversed each other. Like this was an episode of The Read and I did the song. But since you decided to do it for real, no one will ever hear it. It was terrible. (gasps) That's so mean. Well, it is an inconvenient truth. Anyway, I guess we're your gamer friends. Jordan's mean. And we have a treat for y'all today. We do. Friend of the show, multiple correspondent of the show, Jen yet again is here. Yet again. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And we are spoiler casting. Yeah, like made, like we're, we're jumping right into them. So please, if you have not seen, this is the spoiler horn. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll put one in. It involves me looking up the file because I never save it. So that sounds like a personal. But that's problem. labor I'm willing to do. That sounds like a skill issue. To me. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> anyway, we're we're spoiling Werewolf by Night. Yes. Spoiler: We don't have a lot to say about. It. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it, it's not a convoluted plot. No, so like, but. Yeah, whatever. That was fine. Not and She-Hulk. And She-Hulk. More importantly. More importantly. Most importantly, perhaps. Perhaps. A uh, lot of spoilage there. Yeah. In a good way. Very good way. So We were spoiled in a way. As fans. Yes, absolutely. I was like, where is he going with this? And mm-hmm. then... We were spoiled. We were spoiled. Yes. Well, without further ado... Here's Jen. Yet again... Welcome back, friend of the show, super friend of the show, perhaps? I think super friend is it appropriate. Super friend. Uh, several different correspondents. Uh, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to hear you guys again. We're so happy to have you and so excited to be talking with you about Werewolf by Night, but especially She-Hulk. <sighs> Okay. (laughs) If you insist. Literally, you have been using a She-Hulk avatar for years on Twitter. And so I am so excited to hear your thoughts. But we are going to make everyone wait. We're going to talk about Werewolf by Night first. Any strong feelings? Any particular thoughts jumping out at you? I really enjoyed it. Um, Actually, the thing that prompted me to watch it as part of my horror movie stuff was Jay. Another frequent guest here oh, had really? a really good Twitter thread with some of his thoughts on it. This cross I haven't seen that yet, actually. <laughs> it wasn't super long, and I'm, I'm gonna please don't be mad at me, Jay. I'm gonna steal some of your ideas because they were very good. <laughs> <laughs> what were those ideas? <sighs> so the the Marvel fandom, which I shouldn't use derogatorily, even since I. A member? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's weird. It's okay. We get it. People are calling it like a perfect love letter to Universal mar- Monster movies and that whole genre. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's really not true. Not in a bad way. It doesn't like do a disservice to them. They made a really interesting choice in making it black and white. And they did a bunch of stuff with the set designs and the musical cues, and yes, a couple of shots that really invoked sort of that classic monster movie kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula. But this was still very much a Marvel show, very through and through. Mm -hmm. What struck me most about it is it reminded me of the Marvel one-shots if one of them was an hour long. Uh, Okay, okay. I feel like by the end of it, we didn't really know anything about any of the characters. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of heavy lifting for an hour, so. Cedric, you had very similar feelings. I did. I, when we were, I guess, debriefing after the, uh, Mm -hmm. weird. (laughs) I was like saying, you know, I liked it. 
I think actually like halfway through, I was like, um, I I like it, but I feel like it is like the aesthetics are like there, but like it within like this contemporary sort of like look and feel. Um, and I think for me, what didn't like quite land was the pacing. Like, yes, the 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 transformation scene was like classic. Um, there were like, you know, a bunch of like little moments like that. But I just honestly, as long as it was for like a one shot thing, I kind of felt like it needed like 30 more minutes and I needed to like linger on some things, have just like more tension with a lot of the stuff. It just kind of was like, you know, the contemporary beat to beat to beat to beat thing. And we kind of are just like, not, I don't want to say plowing through the story because I feel like that's negative. And I don't feel negatively about this, but, you know, it just, like, it, like, looked the part, but it didn't feel the part. Yeah, I think it had a lot of interesting and fun sequences. Like, there are these neat little vignettes, and then they're all kind of loosely strung together, but it didn't really feel like it followed. Mm -hmm. Not even, like, the three, whatever, the three-chapter plot that you're supposed to do for movies if you're making a Marvel movie. It just doesn't, didn't feel like it had a beginning, middle, and end. I agree with that. I actually, several times throughout it, was trying to think about where it was going to go and couldn't place it. Like, when they very quickly released Swamp Thing, for instance, I was like, oh, so this is not going to mostly take place tonight. And then, obviously, that was completely wrong uh, in the end. I, overall, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I definitely feel like of the three of us, I liked it the most. Mm. Um, just because I didn't so much have an issue with the pacing. And I think that that almost there aesthetic, like what you described, Jen, as, as some people saying it's a perfect recreation, I'm not sure that they were going for a perfect recreation, and I agree that it mm. wasn't, but I think that they did what they wanted to do. Mm. So I have a, a nerd question, because do you guys know uh, Man-Thing from the comics? Yeah. Swamp Thing, you mean, or Man-Thing? Man-Thing. Oh, I'm less familiar with Man-Thing. Oh, you're right, Swamp Thing is DC. Oh, my God. Did I say Swamp Thing earlier, too? You did, <gasps> I'm tempted to keep it in for the lulls. No, it's okay. You can keep it in. You can shame me. It's okay. <laughs> so a thought that popped into my head as I watched this, because he's kind of a deep-cut character. Yeah. What did you think when Swamp Thing set people on fire? Why do you think that happened? <laughs> <laughs> you just said Swamp Thing. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn it. That was the joke. Oh, Not me missing it. I felt like that was the justification for it being a monster because at no other point did it really do anything monstrous. So maybe just the fact that it can do that is why, but I'm not familiar enough with all of the powers that Man-Thing has to be able to say. So his thing is basically that he is Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's he's a scientist who got set on fire and fell in the swamp, and then plants took over his body. <laughs> okay, okay. So swamp it's literally the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So to make him legally distinct, <laughs> instead of being a servant of nature, he's the guardian of an extra dimensional portal, like a a Cthulhu esque hell portal. Got it. And instead of controlling plants, his catchphrase is. All who know fear burn at the touch of the man thing. Okay. So if he touches you and you're afraid of him, you're on fire. It's basically. Oh, but you have to be afraid thing. of him. Is the is the catch? Mm -hmm. There's always a catch with a monster. I love that. That's why he said, "Be friendly to Elsa. Treat him like an old friend." That makes much more sense. Wow. Thank you for this added context. The most I knew about Man Thing going into this was that he was from the Everglades, Florida. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Oh. That makes sense. That's also fitting. Everything is making sense with Manthing. I think he's a perfect character, knowing this information. <laughs> he, he was the best part of this, for sure. <laughs> yes. 
It was it was very cute. I'm much more familiar with some of the other characters in particular. Like I'm excited to see if if Jack Russell ends up fighting like alongside Blade and Moon Knight. Like they're they're clearly paving the ground for some underworldy type stuff to go on. I this is like a, a real long shot. The actress they picked for Elsa kind of confused me, but the main place I know her from is Next Wave. And that feels like such a long shot for MCU, but seeing Next Wave would be amazing. Please say more, because I'm actually unfamiliar with Next Wave. It's a Warren Ellis series with her and Monica and Boom Boom from the New Mutants and uh, Robot Man, I think. And I forget who the the last guy is. They're basically like dysfunctional Avengers. <laughs> um, oh God, I think what's his name? Uh, the oh, he's a more recent character. Um, the guy who's like Black Superman in Marvel. Oh God, I can't remember his name. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember his name either. Oh no, I have no idea who y'all are talking about. So I can safely say I don't know his name. He's really cool. He's like a a legacy character. Like he's been around for decades. Sort of like um oh my god, my brain is not working. <laughs> Jessica Jessica she Jones had Netflix series. Yes. Yes, Jessica Jones. Got it. Where he was introduced in like the aughts, but he'd been around for decades, but he was a government experiment super soldier and they kept it secret. But other than that, he's like Superman to a T. Really fun character. Hmm. But anyways, <laughs> So Next Wave is a bunch of these kind of B and C list, sometimes forgotten characters, saving the world. Monica has a really cool um, Captain Marvel thing where she confronts the history of Captain Marvel in it. There's a bunch of psychedelic stuff. It's very Warren Ellis. Mm. But yeah, Elsa is also like six feet tall with giant red hair. So the casting for that was weird. (laughs) I don't want to sound negative about it. It was really fun. Like I said, I liked it as a one-shot. It was a really neat little treat for Halloween. I spliced it in between all the gory movies I've been watching. It was a little gory. It was, especially for Marvel. Yeah, I'm very curious about this idea that's floating around that this was some kind of test for what people would say about it. Because... Clearly, there's something going on with Blade. And I don't mean the project. I mean that there's behind-the-scenes drama of some kind. I don't think we actually know what's going on. But I'm curious if this is part of that. Like, they want to test to see (laughs) where they can take it. Uh, Please don't mess up Blade, Marvel. I just want... This would be such an easy... I want violence. I want a rated R movie that, like veers on the edge of an NC-17 rating. I want Mahershala Ali to curse like a sailor. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. the whole thing. I mean, just do a shot-for-shot remake of Blade 1999 <laughs> with Mahershala <laughs> Ali. And, I don't know, people who look like Stephen Dorff are easy to find. I'd, I'd go with that. You know? But I guess we'll find out. But I'm here for it. I like the... The vi- I mean, I don't know. I, it's funny. The violence in this was, like, not shocking, but, like, I guess maybe surprising because it's Marvel. But I'm also, like, it wasn't a lot either to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, we could have we went a little harder, you know? The bit where she shoots the guy with his own arrow, and I'm just like, oh, that's typical Hawkeye stuff. And then they show it in his face. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So let's move on to the main event. She-Hulk, the finale just aired. We have a lot of thoughts, but I know that you also have a great number of thoughts. And I would be very, very curious to hear what those thoughts are now that we've seen the whole series. (laughs) So is it okay if I start out on a slightly personal note? Of course. Of course. So yes, I have used a She-Hulk PFP for my avatar and pretty much everything for like seven or eight years, I think. I've lost track at this point. I'm one of those lucky people who was able to choose my own name. 
at a later point in life, and I chose Jennifer specifically for She-Hulk. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I've, I'm one of those people who've I've had a lot of names, and that's not strictly a trans thing, I don't think. Mm. I just never really had a name that fit, and Jennifer really did fit. Um, comic savvy listeners, please don't hate me. Right around the time when I was questioning my gender this time, long, complicated life, uh, someone had recommended to me the Dan Slot She-Hulk comic, mm-hmm. which is heavily what this series was based on. Yeah, Stan Slott is problematic. He's a nice guy, but he's also an asshole, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Comics writers. <laughs> but his story was, it took place after She-Hulk got kicked out of the Avengers because she was partying too hard. <laughs> Literally throwing a party, she almost tore the mansion down dancing. I love that for her. And so she decided to get back to her roots, which she's always been, which is a lawyer which for most of the character's history has been the thrust of her character arc. For the 80s, her big, her John Byrne comic, another great run, asshole writer. Um, She was a lawyer who kind of had to do superhero stuff on the side because everyone expected it of her. Um, John Byrne also introduced the talking to the camera thing, Mm. or breaking the fourth wall, I should say. So that's always been there. Um, but in the Dan Slot run, the two big things are, so she worked at this law firm, law firm doing superhero law. And so their legal library, because Marvel Comics exists in the Marvel Universe on Earth 616, their legal library was actually called The Boxes. And it was a collection of long boxes with all officially licensed Marvel comic books. <laughs> served as legal records for superheroes. So she would have to reference comic books for her cases. Oh, that's hilarious. It's amazing. It's just a great plot all around. Um, it revisits her engagement slash marriage to Moonwolf. It's J. Jonah Jameson's son. Um, a bunch of other weird esoterica. Um, it features the living robot. Who I'm very sad was not in... Wait, was he in this? Did he make a cameo? Uh, no, I don't think so. But yeah, it's all about her choice, her picking her destiny, trying to figure out what she wants and how that relates to what the world expects of her, and ultimately becoming happy with her own body. This is common enough that in the first volume of Marvel Voices Pride, I think that was 2020 or 2021, Mm -hmm. if you've read it, it's it's good. It's got some really good stories. But one of the better ones is this girl is going to a convention in cosplay as She-Hulk. And she gets attacked by Titania because their rivalry is really, really personal in the comics. Um, she's a slightly different character, but they, they capture the pettiness well. <laughs> so Titania attacks this girl out of nowhere. And the girl has to explain, no, no, I'm just in a costume. And Titania's like, but you're so tall. And she says, ah, yeah, well. And it goes into the whole background about how seeing She-Hulk being tall and in charge made her feel comfortable enough to come out. And so on and so forth. There's a reason that um, a lot of trans girls really like and identify with big, giant, tall hulks. (laughs) (laughs) And it's significant enough that even Marvel is aware of it and makes comics about mm. it in a cute and flattering way. It's a very charming story. I recommend the comic. But yeah, that's why I love She-Hulk. And oh boy, this freaking series. Yeah, so it being so personal of a story, how did you how did you take it being put to film? What did you think of Tatiana and the and the characterization? Tatiana Maslany was absolutely perfect for it. Mm. Um, she has a real ambitious sense of humor. She does that thing where she mugs for the camera. Just perfect. At first, I thought that they weren't really going to... That that would just be kind of like an aside gag. The whole breaking the fourth wall mm. thing. Well, that's just a cute thing they do. You know, lots of shows have done that before. Um, 
how spoilery it's are we going? Spoiler it's a spoiler it's cast. The whole yeah. do it up. So a big thing in the John Byrne comics is whenever the storyline got too stupid, She-Hulk would go to the Marvel offices, usually breaking down a wall, and threaten to beat the shit out of whoever the editor was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and this was not uncommon. I did not think it was possible that they would actually do that in this show. <laughs> it was my favorite part of the finale. I like, you'll, if you are a patron, you'll hear me audibly and very loudly gasp. <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> I'm watching that and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, of course there's a lot more security guards in, uh, in Disney than there will be at Marvel Studios <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> but then she gets to Kevin Feige and he's not just a robot. He's like that idiot robot from 42. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just... Casting shade at him from inside his company like that killed me. I was laughing my ass off that whole sequence. It's the humor that got me in this. It's the way that the bad guys were people who hate She-Hulk. Not like fictional people who hate She-Hulk. Assholes on Twitter who hate (laughs) She-Hulk. I love that. We were talking about this a little bit in the Patreon episode that Cedric mentioned about how this was very much responding to Twitter in a way that I think other media has responded to social media, but not so specifically. Like, I think the fact that we are online increased our enjoyment and awareness of what they were doing Uh Mm -hmm. in a way that if you are 40-something and on Facebook only, you might not realize what's going on. It's not the first time Marvel has done this. A lot of people point out that um, the setup for No Way Home is kind of a response to people on Twitter canceling Peter Parker for using drone warfare. (laughs) Oh, geez. Uh, I miss that Discord train, so thank you for bringing that to my attention. Good for you. (laughs) They really said that, huh? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean yeah, whatever. I'm not. <laughs> you hear you hear it and you can totally see the tweets, right? Yes. No, I absolutely can. Uh, I think in a sense that was a response, but it also wasn't really a very thoughtful one and didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. This was like uh there was a famous cover for I think West Coast Adventures where Mockingbird is wearing a t-shirt that says, ask me about my feminist agenda. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was specifically response to stuff that was going around, going on around Gamergate and Comicsgate at that mm-hmm. time. The artist ultimately got fired for that, which sucks. Oh, but it's very heartening when creators, even big, massive corporate creators like Marvel and Disney, just say, fuck it and fire shots. Yeah. They let the choppers ring on this one, I gotta say. Yeah, I I think that there's definitely a conversation to be had about, oh, we're referencing the fact that we abuse our VFX artists. And it's like, okay, it's nice that you did that, but also the really nice thing would be to not treat your VFX artists like shit and not just turn it into a joke. That said, I, I, I think that that is valid criticism, but I agree with your point really strongly, Jen, about... It doesn't matter that it's Marvel and Disney who are taking a stand. Like, okay, I get why we should be cynical of that. And also, it was really baked into the DNA of the show. You're right. The villain was not a was not even Titania, as we were kind of thinking it was going to be. Titania was more like a nuisance than, than she was a villain. It was these people that ultimately revenge-porned She-Hulk in... What I thought was a pretty intense and really interesting penultimate finale. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to keep referencing this kind of stuff every time it comes up. It was a little bit of restorative justice at the end. Like she wasn't, you know, Uh using her fist at no point was was really her hulkness 
the solution to any of her problems. There wasn't a giant CGI fight to fix the issue. <laughs> like, even though they made a joke about it, that self-awareness is appreciated and also their ability to stick the middle finger up to some assholes on Twitter who are, like, committed to hating this no matter what just because She-Hulk is She-Hulk. And what else to say but fuck you to that person? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the... Honestly, the Blonsky art was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so he seemed disingenuous from the beginning. Mm. And... All three of us who saw the Edward Norton movie remember him as not being a particularly likable. They're all in the podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of like, what are they going to do with him? Yeah. And what they did was just kind of, it's hard to explain because he wasn't a misogynist douchebag at the end. Although I guess having several wives in your cult kind of suggests more misogyny than he really Mm -hmm. portrayed. Um, but at the end, when he's speaking in front of the MRA hate conference, he still protects Jen. He still, his first impulse is, well, we can't, I can't let them hurt her. I'm just trying to get paid. And what she wants is just any sign of contrition from this guy who seems to literally just think the rules don't apply Mm -hmm. to him, which she gets, but then. He isn't really contrite at all and just walks out of jail, which was kind of bullshit. But <laughs> well, we got to set up Thunderbolts in some kind of yeah, manner, you know? I was, so <laughs> I was suspicious when they announced the Thunderbolts cast and he wasn't a part of it. So I, I really think that the only reason why they didn't include him was to not give away the the ending there. But my guess is that Wong and Abomination are going to be involved in Thunderbolts in some capacity. Um Either way, though, I, I like you're completely right. It was it was a matter of him just taking accountability, which is exactly what they said in the show, and I I appreciated that being the resolution. I also appreciated that he wasn't somehow a part of the plot the whole time; that he really was just being like a money grubbing asshole. <laughs> um, you know that 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 seems more realistic than. Than what than undoing everything that happened in the retreat episode. The, the way that the finale ended it, you don't look back on that and the whole thing is bullshit. It actually was mm-hmm. a genuine moment still. And that was her fight was for the genuine moment. When it reaches the big hero climax, that's what prompts the, the breakout. That's what prompts the big fight with Kevin. She doesn't have agency because she's a fictional character, but at the same time, I relate for... I relate to, here's all this stuff I can do, but all I really want is just a satisfying ending with some decent closure. Yeah. And that's literally what she was willing to fight for. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And I really wonder how it's going to fit into, God, my brain shouldn't go there, broken by cinematic universes, <laughs> how this is going to fit into the rest of the MCU. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to. The writing says it doesn't want to, but we've still got Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Best episode, by the way. Oh, so um, <laughs> we've still got we still got Bruce showing up at the end to try and explain what he's been doing. To which the the show resoundingly says, "We don't care. <laughs> it's not about yeah. you." All the little bit characters that they introduced, the little C list uh, X Men and Spider Man villains. We don't need to see them again, but it would be nice to. And it's nice to know that apparently they can't, those guys can just pop up. She Hulk was to me the answer to what I'm looking for in an MCU project of this caliber. The fact that there were different, obscure, yes, but still relevant or at the very least winks to the broader universe. Sometimes that, in very literal ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that this show was very much embedded in and of the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. but it was not overcome or consumed by the overriding plot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I think that it's totally possible that she, you know, 
maybe ends up working with Matt in New York and becomes a New York level street hero or that she gets roped into Avengers nonsense. I'm kind of thinking there's going to be like a, a terrestrial component, a space component to like whatever the next phases are. And obviously she's probably going to be more grounded here, whereas Hulk is out in space and all that kind of stuff. But to your point, Let's not get MCU brained. I just am so appreciative of what kind of place it carved out for itself and that it did so really unapologetically. And then it pissed off all of the right people while doing it. What, um, I, you know, I mentioned Next Wave. And this, is, this is me getting um, MCU brained. Another good thing this kind of sets up, possibly is A-Force. Say more, say more. Which they hinted at with um, Endgame. Uh, A-Force is the Avengers team that She-Hulk leads, the all-female team. It's usually uh, her, Captain Marvel, the Wasp, Nico from The Runaways, which I think she's been introduced, but I can't remember where, and a few other different characters. Loki, when she feels like being a she, different Spider-Girls. That's another really good comic series with a couple different volumes. But yeah, if they do have to do a bunch of Avengers stuff with her, that would be really fun with some of the female, other female leads from the MCU as it currently is. I don't know. Just a thought. I have a feeling that there's going to be different Avengers teams, and so it's very mm. possible that they'll do what you're talking about. I think Young Avengers is just so obviously happening yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that it's like hard to ignore. I'm so glad they didn't make that asshole Hulkling and that they instead like completely <laughs> subverted all of that and didn't introduce Hulkling at all and gave us Scar instead at the end. I thought that was fucking awesome. Um, World yep. War Hulk is on the table. <laughs> the, the pieces are set for World War Hulk. I'm really excited about that. Um, what what was the other? Oh, and then just I, I've never aggressively rooted for heterosexuality in the way that I <laughs> am here for She-Hulk and Matt Murdock fucking. <laughs> like that's all I want. <laughs> that was honestly, I love that it was so adorable. It was so funny, and it's not something they do in the comics that I've read. Like the relationship in the comics is similar. In fact, Daredevil like just married Elektra in the comics, like in this month, uh-huh. this month's issue of whatever comic that is. Uh, nice. <laughs> so it's like definitely not happening in the comics. So I thought that was really interesting. It's very funny because in the comics, their relationship is very much rival lawyers. God, so like she holds whole lawyer thing. I guess this is important context. Byrne was writing that at the time when, like, L.A. Law was one of the most popular shows on TV. So, like, that's the kind of lawyer she is. She's a lawyer from L.A. Law or from The Mm -hmm. Practice. It's a very goofy, comedy, rivalry lawyer. And so, like, in the... It wasn't the slot comic. There's a really good story where uh, Captain America, after he's old and depowered, gets sued over some war crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know what? I would like to say something I would like to see. <laughs> and he hires She-Hulk for his defense, but then he also pays for Matt Murdock for the prosecution secretly. And his justification for this is because he knows with the two of them, he'll get a good show. But with She-Hulk on his side, he knows he'll win. Ooh, <laughs> burn on Matt Murdock! As an aside, Karen Page, oh my God. or the actress who plays Karen Page, said that she was not asked about coming back. So, oh no, that's out the way. Well, it clears him up. It does. There's there's gonna be no uh, love triangle because what the fuck is Karen gonna compete with? She Hulk, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment on that. Well, any final thoughts, Cedric, Jen? When season two? Well, um, if you do want to read the uh, the Captain America Daredevil She-Hulk story, that is in volume three, which is the Charles Soule Javier Polito series, which is 
honestly better than Slot. And if you're looking for a good place to start reading She-Hulk, it's only like 12 or 18 issues long, free on Marvel Unlimited. Thank you so much. I could make a bunch of suggestions. We should, you should send us like a little list and we'll include it in the show notes. I will. I'll put that together later today. Awesome. So in the final little segment here, we've kind of talked about future MCU stuff, but we mostly stuck to, to talking about the show. What are your predictions for what is going to happen? Not not what we think might get, be getting set up or anything like that, but very specifically, like, what comes next? We know that Ant-Man's about to get his ass kicked. What What is what's about to kick off? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ant-Man is about to get his ass kicked, and I am going to be so mad because they're going to use a terrible design for MODOK. Nice. Give me the big giant head. I want a weird head. Ant-Man is the perfect place for that. <laughs> Scott Lang needs to see some fucked up shit. Weird science shit. I'm not going to comment on the design for Modoc's head. <laughs> I'm going to step away from that one. We're getting a Wonder Man movie. Is that official? I'm. It's, it was on the, the timeline, I think. Why would they do this? I'm really curious about that because they have... No shortage of characters whose thing is that they're a superhero, but they're also kind of an asshole. Like, they even turned Iron Man into that. Do you think that that's just because of his connection to White Vision? Well, I mean, his whole thing is that he's like, you know, this Hollywood celeb, sort of Hollywood celebrity with too big of an ego. Now he's trying to play the part of a hero. He's, he reminds me of what I kind of understand Booster Gold mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. as a character. Even though he's got the whole vision vision thing, and I guess they shared the same soul at one point, it's it's a little too convoluted for me. It's weird that they're that they're planning him without Wander around, with whatever's going on with Vision right now. But introducing She Hulk, West Coast Avengers seems kind of on the table. I don't really have a lot of predictions for everything else. My only prediction is that. When Jennifer Walters eventually goes to beat up Jonathan Majors, she's going to break the fourth wall, and then Kang is going to break the fourth wall with her, and we're going to be like, oh my god! That gets gonna, that's going to happen. I'm calling that. That's my only prediction for the future of the MCU. <laughs> oh, I am dying to know what's going to happen with Deadpool. Speaking of breaking the fourth wall... And I feel like trying to predict it is completely futile. Agreed. Someone did suggest that it will probably open, since they've also confirmed Hugh Jackman, with him digging up Wolverine's <laughs> corpse and talking to the camera about how much money this movie is going to make, <laughs> which that seems fair. So wait, actually, this, I'm glad you brought up Deadpool. Who did the fourth wall breaking first? Was it She-Hulk? It was She-Hulk. Hulk. Love that. Um, okay. Yes. What's her name in the 90s? Uh, started the dare, Daredevil ball breaking thing. The Deadpool. I you did the same thing I did. Oh, was that the joke too? God damn With it! This is twice you did that, and I I missed. I'm... No, I I generally had a moment of aphasia. <laughs> That's the wrong thing. Now I have to keep that in. That's wild. Well, <laughs> I think that they're going to introduce different mutants individually before the X Men. They've already said that uh, Miss Marvel is a mutant. They are clearly hinting at mutants uh, in other media. The Doctor Strange film, the several references to Wolverine. It wasn't just the finale of She-Hulk. Like, they referenced Wolverine, I think, two other times during the show. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious if they're just going to turn those mutants into a team as opposed to trying to build a backstory for the X-Men. If that makes sense. If I was Kevin, the robot of the person, <laughs> the robot, the X Men have always been there, but they've been like super secret, like X Force or X Factor, the various special ops, top secret ones, teams, and we just don't find out about them. They're secret the same way that like Captain America or the first Ant Man or the Wasp mm-hmm. were secret. 
Like, yeah, people knew, but people didn't know. And, oh, surprise. These guys have been around since the 60s. Yeah, I think they're at least going to do that. Mutants have been around always. Yeah, see, I think we're in for a big surprise in November. I think that Namor is going to be a mutant and that Michaela is Storm. That's what I think. Didn't the, the, the actor just said he was a mutant? But. Well, good for me. Well, think about all the stuff that the, oh, what's his name? Spider-Man kid is Tom Holland has said. <laughs> Isn't true. Remember when uh, when Evil Dead Bruce said he wasn't going to be in yeah. Doctor Strange? I I just have a feeling it's Storm. It's fucking Storm. And everyone's going to lose their fucking minds that it's Storm. I'm hyping myself up. Cedric is making a weird face. I'm not making any weird faces. I just think you're doing the thing that you say you're not going to, you were going to not continue <laughs> to do. Am, of just like, you're like it. not taking the thing at face value and you're no. going down your own little rabbit hole. And, no. I, and I don't want you to be disappointed. That's all. I just want you to. <laughs> I I just think that for Black Panther to be ending a phase, something in the larger universe needs to be happening. Like, at the end of the last phase, Spider-Man's identity was revealed. At the end of the phase before that, uh, what happened? <laughs> what was the end Oh, of, it's a fucking blur at this point. Three? I don't even remember. Oh, my God, I don't remember. Was that, was that Avengers 2? Was that, oh, oh the Civil yeah, War. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Okay, Civil War, yeah. So, or uh, essentially Avengers 2. <laughs> so I, I, I think... I think something something's gonna happen and and uh you know it could be could be the X-Men. Hmm. We'll see. I want you to be right because the internet is going to absolutely lose their minds if Storm shows up. And I love it when people are just happy, too happy to bitch for a while about <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that I want to say. I, I tweeted a bunch of these, but we haven't really had the opportunity to say them on the show. But for Secret Wars, I demand, demand. that the several Marvel characters that Chris Evans has played are all fighting each other. That any Marvel actor that has played more than one Marvel character must interact with themselves in some way. That is... Alfie Woodard included demand. in that. And there's a lot of them. Oscar Isaacs has played two characters. Like, imagine Moon Knight fighting Apocalypse. That would be fucking hilarious. Or Michael B. Jordan playing the Human Torch fighting Killmonger. That would be great. Like, there are so many of them. And that's what I want for Secret Wars. But I actually think what's going to happen is that the Kang the Conqueror thing is going to end with the beginning of Secret Wars that, like, all the heroes are going to get pulled and that we're going to get left with the Young Avengers and that Secret Wars is going to be primarily a Young Avengers-driven situation. Man, I am so excited for Kang, but I do not see how he's going to fit in to these storylines. I don't know enough about Secret Wars from the comics. I want Kang. I'm excited for Kang. I just don't know how they're going to do it. Isn't that the most exciting part of all? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, well, we've covered Werewolf by Night, although he didn't mention the Bloodstone at all. Uh, <laughs> whatever. It'll come back. It'll, it'll come up in Blade, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about She-Hulk, which was just so wonderful. It's, it's top three MCU for me. WandaVision, Loki, and She-Hulk are just... Mwah! I agree with that list. I think She-Hulk's at the top. Oh, my final point, since we don't have time, I, I won't, won't elaborate. She-Hulk did what I wanted Ooh. Hawkeye to do. No, 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 no. No, no Nuance November has not started yet. <laughs> I, need, I need a little bit of elaboration. I'm so sorry. Hawkeye did not feel goofy enough. And it felt a little too respectful of this weird Christian Midwestern dad thing that they set up. <laughs> in the comic, he is like fully naked in one of the panels, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting contrast. Mm. Please continue. 
She-Hulk understood the material. It understood that we're here for a good time. <laughs> and it did not at any point feel like it compromised itself to make sure it fit in with the Avengers movies or with the previous lore. In fact, it said, you know the stuff that's not actually part of the MCU? Well, it is now for this. In fact, you know your the screen that you launched this from? That's a part <laughs> of this, too. I literally was like, oh, who sat on the remote? It was just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, it was so such a good. creative way to do it. The last thing I'll say is that I continue to not want to talk to anyone who isn't already a fan of the comics. I was speaking to someone who will not be named and will never listen to this. And this will be the first episode of Game of Friends. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I want to enjoy She-Hulk, but you know, Deadpool really does the fourth wall break thing. And I feel like that's just been done so much. And I just don't really get why they're doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm just, it's kind of taken me out of it. And I was just like, this is why I don't fucking talk to you people. <laughs> Imagine saying that about She-Hulk. Like, please! Okay, you know how I said the practice in LA Law? This is a good show to talk to people like my mm. mom about. Okay. People who really love lawyer shows old lawyer shows from the 80s and 90s and kind of like superhero movies but have never read the comics, they'll hmm. dig She-Hulk. I do think that a this is a much more accessible MCU product than even like Hawkeye or WandaVision. Even though they included hmm. the porcupine. <laughs> uh, I wish I had auditioned for that. I feel like I could have got it. Well, I think that is an excellent place to land on. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your perspective with us. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience will appreciate it as well. Thank you both for having me. I love hearing you guys talk about this stuff and bouncing ideas oh, together. I think that we're going to have to revisit these predictions in a few months and see just how foolish we look. <laughs> I can't. I'm already clipping the clips for then. I can't wait. Less than a month now, right? November 11th, right? Yeah, I think so. Ah! It's so oh my God. close. Oh, so my close. God. We need to go buy the drive-in theater. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I have to fucking go watch this movie at a drive-in theater. <sighs> well, thank you, Jen. Until next time, do you have anything to plug? Um... I made a Firefly on character.ai. You can search for a Firefly. It's the only one. It's a safe-for-work AI chatbot. It's just a little Firefly. You can talk to it. It doesn't talk back because it's a bug. I'm proud of that. It's <laughs> okay. beautiful, Jen. I love that. We'll add it to the show notes along with your recommendations. And uh, we'll see you back here, I'm sure, pretty soon. There's always more Spider-Man. <laughs> there always, always is more Spider-Man. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that was a show. That was a show. We are just really hamming it up. We uh, are. In these episodes. And... I'm fine with it. I'm also fine with it. We're going to do one that's like just us next. You know, talk about some games. <laughs> things Damn like it. that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about some games on the gaming podcast. We just got the wonderful news that a second studio at Blizzard is unionizing. The NLRB approved their petitions. Uh, really exciting time. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Who knows? And I booked... I booked quite a guest. Oh, he booked quite a guest. I'm very excited. He is. I'm excited for him. Um, Cedric I, I'm is going to embarrass me, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass. I'm just not going to talk much because I don't understand. You, you will, you'll hear when it happens and why I'm going to respond, why I'm responding in this way. And it's about a game. It is about a game. The game, perhaps. Oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you liked hearing from Jen yet again and your gamer friends, please subscribe, follow, like, whatever verb the rate. platforms are using. These rate. Days. Rate? And review. 
Rate and review. Whatever verbs the the platforms are using these days, I don't keep up with it. Whatever anymore. verbs? Yeah, they use like instead of like subscribe, now it's follow. Or why? I don't know. I subscribe just make is this a verb. Shit. I don't. Yeah, I'm just saying that different people they 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 change, they change the verbs. The industry changes the verbs. What are you, David Sedaris? That's a little bit of a deep cut. He just he just did this thing about why are we saying queer now? I'm an old gay man. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have gotten that. It was so. very old man yells at Cloud. It, Thank it you for doing this thing for explaining it, because don't you hate it when you're, like, watching a comedy show? Like, this always happens. As much as I love 30 Rock, <laughs> they would, like, make some obscure reference to some actor who, like, existed 50 years ago, and I'd be like, okay, I'm sure that was funny for some person. Mm. The other joke's made up for it. That's part of the charm. Exactly. So thank you for explaining to me. Anyway, thank you to our patrons. You're all beautiful. Abner, Emma, Enya, Sarah, Nerdy, Shuli, Cody, Aime, Mike, and Alex. Thank you. We're so appreciative. We really are. We also want to remind you that we have a sister show. Player 2 has entered the podcast. Do you know who was fucking on that show their last episode and we Ooh. didn't even know it? Enya? Enya. Enya was on the show. To, uh, to, that's, she did both of us. That's called... Synergy. We love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. But uh, yours is much better. It is. It is. Yours is much more respectful. It is. I mean, hey, if you want to see the fight that I guess will ensue from what we just said, Discord link is <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> Go check it out. We've got a, a, quite a few new members. Welcome. Let's play some games. We're so excited to have you, and thank you for joining. And yeah, I, I just want to encourage you, if you're missing the gaming news, then Mike's got you covered with a different player, too, every week. And, and most recently, it was Edna. Wild. It's wild like that. It's wild. Anyway, we will see you back here in about two weeks. Yeah, less now. Less. That's right. Oh, that's right. Because the spoiler cast took a little long to produce. Did we had hmm. we ran into a technical difficulty? We did. I did. I wow. did. Anyway, um, yeah. We'll see y'all soon. Deuces. Bye.